Warning, the Dub Talk podcast may contain language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Please be advised that spoilers for any anime series may occur, so if you're not caught up with any anime series we may discuss, please be prepared for spoilers, Gabner. all and welcome to dub talk the show where a group of scientists get together explore the world and try not to get taken over by corpses my name is megan and welcome to the first summer at the movies Woohoo! yeah yay yay for new things yay for new things uh as you saw by our spring announcement arc episode that was announced in the middle of the summer because fuck all if i know we are starting Summer at the Movies, a two-month event where we are going to go through various anime films, Siskel and Ebert style, and review the dubs for them. Tonight, we take on our maiden voyage with Empire of Corpses. Tonight, I have with me not only myself, Megan, because I'm apparently my own partner, but I That's also have... Put it. There's some legislature that will never pass. <laughs> Shh, don't worry, I have my own corpse. Uh, oh, no. I dug terrifying. up all the fucks I give. In the basement. Free <laughs> see, I've dug up all the fucks I give. Oh, shit, oh, there we here. go. There we go, done. Uh, no, but tonight I have with me Lilac and Lack. Ooh. Let's, let's see how mixed up that gets. Yeah. <laughs> Lilac and Lack, yep. Two names close to each other. That's gonna get confusing real fast. Yeah. It's the L. It makes it easier. Play. You can just call me Liam. Like, you know. It's true. Another Liam L and name. That's good. I must say another L name. Hang on. That makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. I'll just call you Steph tonight. Then. Oh my So tonight, if you haven't guessed, we are talking about Empire of Corpses, the 2016 film that had a limited run in theaters around April of last year based off of the unfinished novel by the author Project Ito, uh, who has done two other films, one of them being reviewed later in the summer of movies. But to go Actually, over the next, basic... next what? week, technically. Technically next week. Yeah, next week. Next week, yeah. So to go over basic summary of the movie, based on the theory of Victor Frankenstein, the world has started using raise... I, I have this typed down from A&N and I can't even read. Oh, Good job. <laughs> Books are books are hard. Words are hard. Copy paste. English copy, is paste, hard. Copy, paste. Copy, paste, copy, copy paste. Reading's hard, guys. Reading is hard. All right. So anyway, based on the theory of Victor Frankenstein, the world has started using raised dead, though with no soul in it, for regular mundane work. You know, like industrial revolution shit. <laughs> Doctor Watson, a medical student at the University of London, illegally researches for the missing soul in the dead with the help of Friday his dead best friend because nothing says i love you like desecrating someone's grave <laughs> finally, to be fair it was friday's request yeah friday asked him to desecrate his grave friday asked finally watson is caught by mr m working for the british crown and is sent on a goose chase for the notes of victor frankenstein which detailed the creation of the first and only dead attached with a soul dr watson accepts the deal with his own motive behind the pursuit of the notes so essentially, 
this movie has everything you could ever love. Uh, Sherlock Holmes references, zombies, punching zombies, exploding zombies. <laughs> Every kind of zombie. Uh, yeah, you know, if, if I'm being totally honest, it feels like this movie was specifically made for me. Because this is like everything I love rolled into one. So Zombies punching a, a submarine with a drill. I mean, as yep. I think Amon said it in the best. How can you not love a movie where a man boxes Frankenstein with a flamethrower? Yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's great. Go I, mean, I mean, that's Wit Studio for you, right? The kitchen this sink and all that. So. That's Wit Studio. They'll just and make it look pretty at the yeah. same time. Wit Studio, <laughs> this is what the fuck we were doing while it took us three years, four years to finish Attack on Titan Season 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Giving us everything you thought you never wanted. <laughs> they're, doing the, they're doing the third one, right? Uh, doing... no. No, it's third, somebody else. The okay. third one was originally Manglobe before Manglobe went under. Okay. Yeah, right. that it's being um, given to someone else, though. Okay. I can't remember the like name of the studio. Genocide or organ, or am I? Mis- yep. Yeah, genocidal that's organ. Genocidal organ. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, th- um, I think last I heard, it was scheduled for a theatrical release in Japan at the end of the year. Okay. Don't yeah, I think they, that, they had but... a they had a trailer out, didn't they? There's a trailer. Yeah, out there's now, a right? trailer out so. for it. Um. Yeah. But I think that was before Manglobe went under too. Yeah, Manglobe yeah. was. It was originally supposed to actually be released before this. However, due to Manglode's bankruptcy, the film release has been postponed. Mm-hmm. It was later announced on November 13th of 2015. The film had resumed uh, with the same staff under the newly created Geno Studio with oh. hopes to complete the film by 2016. The film hmm. was actually released on February 3rd, 2017. Okay, so it was so released it in is Japan out. already. It so is out in Japan. Okay. Maybe if they make enough money, maybe we'll get to see Gangsta Season 2. You never know. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. Maybe. For the love of God, I please give us Gangsta Season Two, Geno Studio. Yeah. I hope the for sales the, of the show went well. For the love of God, well for the the love God because that first season ended in the worst possible way. Yeah. Just remember the good God. times where Nick was beating up a motherfucker in front of a small child and a doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I say anyway. this as I have a shirtless Nick and Woolrig on my wall above <laughs> where I sleep. By the way. Uh, yes. They're actually very nice prints, and I will send pictures. Um, <laughs> they are really nice friends, actually. I've seen them. Anyway, so enough about Gangsta Sadly. We are here to talk about Empire of Corpses and its wonderful time. Um, so starting off, every good series needs a director and writer. Obviously, we don't have any predictions because this came out as a limited run last year and then was released on DVD and Blu-ray later the same year. I believe it was released... Yeah in um, April in the theaters because I went to go see it. Mm-hmm. Being the only fucking theater in Florida to have it. Good for you. I my closest one was Cambridge and I had no way to get it and I the run checked. was immediately after work. <laughs> I checked. Um, and then uh, I believe it was again released in August. So our director was the one and only Mike McFarlane. What? He mm. also wrote the film alongside J. Michael Tatum. To go over mm-hmm. Mike McFarlane as a director, he has also directed the films Summer War, a- Summer Wars, and The Boy and the Beast, as well as he's currently directing um, Attack on Titan season two, as he did also direct on season one. He's also wrote- written for shows such as Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, Mob Psycho 100, and One Punch Man. 
going over J. Michael Tatum's resume for writing. He's written a lot of things. He's also written for shows such as 91 Days, Aka 13 Territory Inspections Department, and Steins Gate. Uh, oh, God, mouthful. Um, so, yeah, for those who, um, if you recall the Mob Psycho 100 episode where we did not know who the writer was and it was not announced at the time. Um, so I think, like, two, a day or two after that episode went up, we finally got confirmation from Mike McFarlane that he was the writer. And at that point, I'm like, damn it, the timing is terrible. I Why believe he actually that? trolled Jamal on that. Yeah, I think he did. I don't think a big Jamal was like, damn it. <laughs> but I was like, worst timing ever, Mike McFarlane. You could have you could have said this just a time like a day or two earlier. I could have made changes and then we'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, well. so our thoughts on the writing and direction of this film. If I'm being totally honest, absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> like Yeah. Honestly, yes. <laughs> is as far as I'm concerned, like the accents never came across as like cringy to me at all. Like, as cliche as it is to use the term cringy, but my my point is just that, yeah, like, everybody, like, everybody was given great material to work with, and it really felt like Mike and Jay both had a lot of affection for the project they were working on, so. Yeah, I think what helped on the um, accent front, they actually had um, a dialect coach or dialect advisor hired on. No kidding. Um, yeah, to work on I know for the Russians those specifically. Dialects. Actually, Russians and the English. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know they had... I knew the Russian one, but not the English one. Definitely the Russian. I think English, too. Um, only because... Because I rewatched the film last night, and there was a small little feature uh, that was on the DVD Blu-ray release where um, Mike and Tatum were just doing this little simple like questionnaire kind of thing, and they mentioned that they brought a dialect... Um, advisor in for those accents um, and they also spoke to two other people but we're going to talk about them later so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think one of the things that really helps is that this being a period piece I feel like plays to both Tatum's strengths in writings mm -hmm. while letting him still have a lot of fun because this movie is a ton of fun mm -hmm. um, despite talking about a lot of really heavy stuff um, yeah, there's some. Well, it's really... fan fiction. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's very, yes. very well done fan fiction, but yeah. it's fan fiction. Yes, so. like like Mary Shelley fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But I mean, there there are points of it that are just very, very off the wall and just insane. Uh, but nothing ever feels like over the top without being like watering it down in terms of tone. Like, yeah. cause there is a lot of ham to eat. And a lot of scene to chew in this movie. <laughs> Let's um, talk about Barnaby. Let's we'll get to him. Barnaby. We'll get to Barnaby. <laughs> but even then, he probably is one of my favorite funny comedic timing moments in the movie. Um, after uh, Hadley and um, Watson talk and he's just there taking a piss. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that was great. I just that—that's probably one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. Barbie's the <laughs> biggest cock block. It's great. Where'd you get that flamethrower, Hadley? Um, <laughs> World War Two hasn't happened yet. Um, 
I could be totally wrong in the flamethrower's invented before World War II, but my brain has gone out the window. I've been up since 5 a.m. <laughs> um, um, but I feel like also, too, with directing-wise, Mike McFarlane, his work speaks for itself, I think, at this point. Yeah, um, honestly. <laughs> I can't think of a, a series or a movie that I've watched of his, especially in recent years since the beginning of the simuldub era, that has been bad or weak. I mean, Mike McFarland is almost, like, singularly responsible for kind of bringing dubs into the way they are since, like, the early 2000s. I mean, FMA being a staple of... The English dub. Yeah, Yeah, of the English dub and how it's done. And his work over... Even... And it's funny because he wasn't really supposed to be the director of that. So, you know. Yeah. It was supposed to be Justin Cook. So... Uh Oh, I didn't know. About Thank God that. that didn't happen. <laughs> no hey, I like the Yu Yu Hakusho dub. No offense, just to cook, but I mean, obviously, <laughs> like even when you look at like your shelves and stuff that he's worked on outside of films, things like Noragami, things like FMA, um, Tokyo Ghoul being really into mind. Even when there's stuff that you don't expect him to work on, that's really good. No rain. Um. <laughs> Yeah. No rain. Um, and then he's obviously working on another show that we're not talking about yet, uh, because we have an episode for it, and it's one of the holy grail missing anime in the world. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, um, yes. That's getting its own fucking episode. <laughs> the holy um, grail. <laughs> but I think the two of them together make an exceptional team, writing and directing. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, compared to other directors, Tatum does have his issues as a writer, but they don't mm. rear their head here. Yeah, because this is this is his environment right here. But to say, so long as you give Tam the right show to work on, it, it's you're good. I mean, ninety one days and Aka thirteen are huge examples here. Yeah. Where plus he's the, got so much experience from Black Butler at this point. Like that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> But does anybody else have anything uh, to say on the director and writer of Empire of Corpses? No, I think it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. This, this is a really solid staff, like, writer-director front here. And, I mean, kind of like we mentioned before, it really... Having those dialect coaches come in, too. Because essentially how um, Mike McFarland described it in that little uh, special feature that was on the DVD Blu-ray... Um, Basically, they would, like, have everything recorded, but they would make sure the dialect coaches kind of go in there uh, and look at them and be like, Oh, that works. That's not quite it. That inflection there. Just to make sure everything is still solid and authentic uh, to how the dialect should be. And that's actually an interesting process. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Another, um, another element, just before we move on, I think, I think a lot of the affection for this particular project for them comes from the fact that we rarely get anime like this anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I think they really wanted to like get this right because they don't get a lot of opportunities to work with projects like this. And I think Empire Corpses is also um, one of the larger uh, films that was going to be going out on like a limited release in theaters too. Yeah. Because I didn't think this one was after. Yeah, this one was after um, Boy and the Beast, I think. Okay. So so yeah, yeah they, they took after. care. Yeah, they took very special care because um, I mean the Funimation films 
department in that program was still fairly new at the time, so obviously they had to make sure, like, it would be successful at the same I think time. this was, so. like, the second movie for yeah. it, if I'm right. And obviously it's grown since, um... It's, it's either this or the Psychopaths movie. That was the second movie after Boy and the Beast. Right. It might have been Psychopaths, and then maybe this was the third one? I can't remember. <laughs> and even then, since then, they've done a lot of other movies. I know they did uh, Shin Godzilla. They've done... Yep. Uh, the original Ghost in the Shells. Yep. Ghost in the Shell. Uh, they're going to be doing Black Butler Book of the Atlantic very soon. Yeah. I know, baby. You're not going out or, there. Or, you keep shit over. or I think, yeah, I think by the time this goes up, it'll have already had its run. Yeah. And of course, there's no theaters near me, fuckers. <laughs> Same. <laughs> that is the only downside, point. is that a lot of theaters don't have certain things. Uh, your name being the biggest example where I had to drive two hours out of my way to find a dub to go away. Well, the only films I've seen in theaters since they started this was Boy and the Beast and Your Name. True. Because all the other ones have been in Cambridge on a weeknight for two days, and I can't go from work directly to Cambridge to watch a damn movie when I get out at six and the movie's at seven. Keyword, more showing these. Yes, more showings and more theaters, please. Please. All right. So moving on, the next two characters we're going to talk about don't have a large presence in the film. However, they were named at least on the A&N page and actually get their own pages in the art book for this movie I have. I'm dead serious. Hmm. Uh, that being Money Penny, who is M's assistant. And I can't believe I'm going to get to say these words. Thomas Edison. <laughs> Thomas fucking Edison. Thomas fucking Edison. Start creator. Couldn't bother of... to try to bring that elephant back to life, could you, Tom? Okay. I've had to watch that for class. Oh jeez. I actively no. I actively have. I'm a film studies major. My first week in our history class that went from the beginning of film to the 1950s was spent watching uh, Edison's Black Dahlia work. When Topsy the Elephant came on, I literally shoved my head down and wouldn't bring it up until it was done. I refused to watch it. I was oh, like, no. done. And there was this poor girl in my class, had no idea this was coming, and she was so upset afterwards. Oh my god. Anyway, It was still only the most second most upsetting night in that whole debate of getting my degree. Anyway, Money Penny is played by Miss Caitlin, Miss Caitlin Glass who is known for playing Harhi in Oran High School Host Club, Rhetory in Show by Rock, and Winry in Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Thomas Edison is played by Christopher Guerrero, who plays Ainz in Overlord, Gecko Moria in One Piece, and the narrator of Toriko. Um, huzzah. huzzah! At least it's not a dog. <laughs> At least it's not a dog. <laughs> Thomas Edison is a dog in real fucking life. <laughs> FYI, have we mentioned Thomas Edison was a horrible person? <laughs> he was a bit of a product of his time. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. A little bit. Mm. <laughs> we can have the Tesla versus Edison debate another day. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But, uh, general feelings of this, I kind of wish they were in the movie a little bit more. 
Because I feel like you put two decent, two really good actors on characters who really don't do much. I know. I actually expected to see Money Penny more than we did. Because yeah. when I when I found That's out that there were James Bond characters in this thing, I was like, I have to see this thing. <laughs> I don't care yeah, what it's about. You, you set James Bond minutes. characters in a Victorian era England. I have to see what you're doing with that. Surprise! Well, she's a secretary and then dies partway yeah. through the movie. Well, yeah. Only to be reborn again? Yeah. How does that work? Logic? Yeah. Logic. Well, well you know, that's kind of what Money Penny was in the movies, but yeah. <laughs> so. Oh. Fair enough. True. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Edison gets actually. I was actually really surprised that was Chris Carrero. <laughs> I was too. Yeah. Because I had the ANN cast listing pulled up while I was watching the movie yesterday. And then I, I was like, wait a minute. No, Chris Carrero's as in, wait, wait, wait. And then I got to it and I'm like, okay, yes, I hear it. <laughs> Why is Tony a subroutine? It's not that complex! <laughs> yeah, by the way, uh, in this movie, Edison has not only made his own robotic daughter, yeah. he's also made a submarine with a giant drill on it. <laughs> yep. True facts. Because fuck you, that's why. Well, that that was probably 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, is what that <laughs> yeah. was meant to be, in reference yeah, to that. This movie is like a weird mishmash of science fiction-related references. Yeah. It's basically the Japanese equivalent of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Kind so. of is, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, that's the most accurate statement I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Lack. No problem. Just and and to be fair, this is the one that was never actually finished by. This was published after the death of Project Ito. That's actually really yes. interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so, in that case, it's actually surprising how completed the ending feels. Yeah, so, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it actually does have a pretty satisfying ending. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because this was this one was actually finished um, in 2012, so this one didn't come out until about four years after his death. Mm. Mm. Um, because M uh, genocidal organ was finished in 2017. 2007, it's not 2017. Jesus Christ. And then um, harmony, harmony was finished in 2008. Okay. So, mind, mind you, these are the books, not the films. <laughs> not the movies. These are the books that they were based off of. Um, but I had a thing that was... Now I have to, now I have to pull this up, because everyone's name is a f***ing reference to something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, it is. But uh, honestly, uh, honestly though, it is. they are two really interesting voices for characters that maybe get five minutes of screen time stops. Yeah. Um, it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like, can they get, can they do more? Keys. Oh. Anyway, so are we good to move on with each other? Yeah. Yeah. Let's awesome. talk about presidents. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. God. Ulysses Sorry. Simpson's Grant. He would scream in Raven Rant. I have I've had this <laughs> that part of the president song stuck in my head ever since I had to write this list down. Oh so God. next up is. Ulysses S. Grant are oh my god, I should know what number president he is, and I'm not uh, well, Oh if if Lincoln yeah, if Lincoln was our fourteenth, then yeah, he would have to be around 16. Lincoln. Yeah. He's sixteen oh yeah, right, duh, cause 
The guy who took over was 15. Yeah. Yep. No, he was the 18th president of the United States. Oh, okay. We were... That was... Bad we're off. My bad. But anyway. <laughs> anyway! Uh, we know history, guys. It's okay. No, because Lincoln was 16, Andrew Johnson was 17, and Ulysses. Okay. Oh, he was so we 16. Were... Oops. Yep, you're right. Whoops. Sorry. Whoopsies. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. We went to we, schools. We, we, <laughs> we, got, we got the order of the presidents right, just the wrong number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Haha. And then there is um, Yamazawa, who is when uh, the group, when Barnaby Friday and uh, Watson go to Japan, he is their contact, uh, known for being in the Japanese army, and who has giantly massive eyebrows. <laughs> The like best mustache too, and the best mustache. It. That man has eyebrows to match the guy from FLCL. Yeah, actually, kind <laughs> of um, Yeah. So, Grant is played by Greg Dulce, mm-hmm. and Yamazawa is played by Kenny Green. Greg Dulce, at Kenny Green. Oh, we're getting there. Uh, Greg Dulce is known as play as Dopo from Baki the Grappler. He is Uranus Corsica in Gangsta, and he is Kurt von Rudendorf from Saga of Tanya the Evil. Kenny Green is Koreo, I need to now take a shower, Motto from Tokyo Ghoul, Rain <laughs> Spider in Desert Punk, and Fu in FMA Brotherhood. Um, thoughts. I think that Ulysses Grant was great in this. Greg as Ulysses Grant was great because I did yes. not expect Ulysses Grant to be a villain. Yeah. Well, honestly. I mean, if you're Robert E. Lee, then <laughs> well, history fair. joke. Okay, to be fair. Okay. <laughs> Civil War. Let's go. No. Yeah. yeah. It's a horrible time one... for our country. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> horrible time for our country, and I would like to point out that the Civil War makes no sense in this movie if it was <laughs> no. fought by slavish corpses. Yeah. Thanks. No. Thanks, no Japan. Sense at all. But yeah, but I no. didn't. I did enjoy um, Greg. Greg Dulce as a uh, Grant. That was fun. And Ken, fucking Kenny Green. I did um, not need to take a shower after watching his character in this movie. Oh my god. Yeah, I liked Kenny Green too as Yamazawa. Like it made. Because obviously, when we go to Japan, any characters who are Japanese, they actually don't have an accent. So, you just hear them speaking, like, regular English, because that's what we're used to, like, when it comes to anime dubs anyway. So, and I think Kenny Green's voice for Yamazawa helps also make a good contrast to, like, Watson and Barnaby uh, and some of the other characters in here, too. Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, yeah. I, I can't really remember that, ma- that much, but, like, I-, I do remember really liking Ulysses S. Grant's voice in this. Um, we don't really see Sego much, as far as I recall, right? So. Yeah, Yamazawa was only kind of there just for the sequence in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, he's not there as much. But I think what Steph said really does help. Uh, but I also feel like it is a little bit weird, especially because the American characters also have no accents, really. That is true. Yeah, Which, that's yeah, that is an issue. But Which surprises me because Edison is from fucking Jersey. It's it's a problem, and 
this might be something where Funimation needs to start considering getting more Asian actors um, for this particular situation because in most cases Asian accents are when people try to emulate Asian accents that is the one time where it's really noticeable that it almost feels like you're making fun of a culture when you're not right. trying to yes right and that's why like I'm not I'm not trying to tell Funimation how to do their job they're, they're all experts and they're all great at it but there is that part where you need to consider okay maybe we need to start thinking about trying to hire some more Asian actors because when you're when you're hiring people sometimes race does have to be a factor in the type of character you're casting mm, so it's it's like it's okay that yes we are specifically looking for Asian actors because we want an authentic performance for this character so and now there are times that directors do that because if I'm correct for the Chinese character in Ping Pong the Animation, yes. Chris Bevins went out of his way to get Great a Chinese-American actor. Right. Great example. It was phenomenal. So, and it is there, and it also does beg the question that uh, for Mike McFarlane in Attack on Titan that the Asian, the Asian descendant Mikasa yeah. is played by Trina Nishimura. Tri Trina Nishimura. Yeah, who is the... of Japanese-American descent. Yeah, she even says in the commentary, "I'm a half seed like her." So, yep. you know, it works perfectly. So, and then there, uh, Todd Habercorn, um, I know as well, is Asian American. Johnny Young Bosch, too. So, uh, you know. Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, Don Bennett is Asian American. Uh, Rico Fajardo is Asian American. They're both uh, Filipino Americans. Stephanie Shea. Uh, um, Afia, I believe Afia, you, and Micah are both um, Filipino. Yeah, something like I that. Think so, yeah. 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 I know specifically Don and Rico are very, very proud of being Filipino-American. <laughs> um, Rico Fajardo also once ripped a uh, toilet paper wedding dress off while shirtless. Oh, he is a gift to this country. Justin Briner just sat there. Boom, a bonus thing you didn't know. Boom, bonus. <laughs> me, meanwhile, Justin Briner is sitting near like the patron saint that he is. Like, he doesn't know what's poor going Justin, on anymore. Poor Justin Briner had no idea what the fuck was happening. <laughs> Just and in the video of them ripping it off, my side. favorite part was when he rips it off. Um, Alex Moore, who's taking the video, just yells in the back, Now you're a woman! <laughs> and then you have Cliff off to the side, too, just like there as well. Cliff, went, Cliff became Bakugo in that moment. His kind name tag, saying. actually, you can't see it. It says Baku Bro. It's um, great. <laughs> but uh, in terms of... But that is really, actually, a really great point to make. That... Yeah. With especially with Asian accents, I know um, another thing that it came up actually with a lot of people who watched Yuri on Ice was that uh, characters like Yuri, um, Yuri didn't have an accent, Minami or the Chinese character, none of them had accents, but all of the European characters did. Code Geass, Saka to the Exile was doing that too, so it's yep. like, you know. But I don't know if that one's based on the fact that in the actual original dub, nobody had a fucking accent. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> when they did that, it was okay. Because it was like, there's so many different culture cultures in that series that it's like, yeah, maybe they should all just have the same accent. So it's just easier on everybody. Especially know? with the themes of imperialism and, yeah. Yeah. and stuff too. And then it's even arguable about at that point in the show's history in chronological order. Yeah, uh, because Britannia came from America. I don't know how yeah, that did, works, but... Yeah, <laughs> that's another... <laughs> that's a thing. That's another yeah. issue for another fucking day with the Keto the Exiled. Yeah. Um, 
But I still do think that Kenny Green does a good job playing this character, especially when I know him for playing the slime, the slime ball mass human that is Koreo Mato. Um. Oh boy. Oh God. Fuck Korea. As Andrew said, who let that have sex with somebody? Um. <laughs> I need to get back to Tokyo Ghoul at some point. It, it, our friend Andrew, Andrew from from Dub Talk, is watching it on Toonami and. Was very surprised. One, that somebody married him, and two, that somebody had sex with him. Um, he was very I mean, offended by this. It's a valid point that he has. Yeah, Kurt, who like Kurt? I'm sorry, but his daughter is fucking hot. Um, yeah. His daughter is my waifu. Um, Anyways. Whoa, well, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but honestly, though, I think both of them do a really good job in this. Again, um, like Lax said, though potentially having um, an Asian-American actor do the Japanese character may have benefited it, benefited in the terms of the accent thing, be, but having no accent is better than potentially doing an offensive one. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody good here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, now we kind of get to go into uh, more of the characters with more uh, meat on their bones uh, in terms of performances. We have the one and M. The one is Frankenstein's monster who everybody is trying to track down to see why does this thing have a soul. But he himself has his own motivations and plans. And M is the government kind of worker who puts Watson into this shit himself. <laughs> but has ulterior motives as well. Um, so the one is played by R. Bruce Elliott, and M is played by Sean Hennigan. R. Bruce Elliott has been around for fucking ever. Yeah, he's um, been in fucking everything. So, he's been in fucking yeah. everything. But to give some examples, he is Zillard Quaite in Bacchano, he is Makarov in Fairy Tale, and he is Richard Moore in Case Closed. Oh, God. Sean I Hannigan. I think Makarov was actually the first real time I heard Arborcellian, or at least the way that I know him. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've been watching Bacano. Fairy Tale for the last 150 something days. I need to catch up. Grand Magic Games! <laughs> Shit! Ah! Anyway, um, and Sean Hannigan. Sean Hannigan is known as Tenjin in Noragami, Yoshimura in Tokyo Ghoul, and of all fucking things, he is Miza Alvaro from Bakano. So in this case, Miza is tracking down Zillard. Ah. Because I I had no idea until I looked this up, and now I'm laughing. Oh my god, that's now great. That's, that's funny. No. Uh, <laughs> that is a casting I, gag that goes several levels deep. I'm about to say, I'm, I'm like, Mike, Mr. Mike McFarlane, please tell me this was on purpose. You didn't please. even direct that, that anime. That would be the best thing ever. That would be the best thing ever. Tyler Walker. Also, while we're on the subject, how... <laughs> how is, uh... You know, like, how is freaking, uh... How, how is freaking, uh, Ian, uh, not in this? You know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm very. Yeah, how the fuck is Ian Sinclair not in this show? Yeah, very good question. He's too busy drowning in the Hudson. I know. It's like this. This kind of movie was like is like catnip for Ian Sinclair. So how is he not in this thing at all? They locked him in a closet and said, they 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 lured him into a closet with like 
Black Butler shit and then locked him in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Probably. That's right. He's, hey, he's got the movie. He'll be Black fine. Butler? Oh my god! Yeah, is, is it funny that when I first heard Arborist Elliot as um, the one, for some stupid reason I got him mixed up with um, Jeremy Schwartz, Crazy Grandpa. <laughs> Hmm. Shine on crazy Depends. Did you watch Dimension W before or after this movie? Huh? Did you watch Dimension W before or after this? Neither. I just got it mixed up for some stupid reason. Please don't watch Dimension W. It was bad. Um, or, or, or at least just watch the first episode for Crazy Grandpa and that's it. Shine on Jeremy Schwartz, you crazy motherfucker. Um, <laughs> But no, I think they're actually great players. Oh, they're phenomenal in this. They're phenomenal. Especially they Ar- really well. Ar- Bruce Elliott. Like, yeah. I was, yeah, because the one say, is fucking phenomenal. terrifying. Yeah. I mean, like, Elliot, like, he goes so deep into that Russian accent. It's crazy. Mm, it's or I guess, amazing. I guess Swiss. Beautiful. It would be Swiss because that's where Frankenstein is from, is Geneva. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. But... Still, like any any time that Arborselliot was basically on screen, it's like you are just enthralled and captured by that performance so easily. Especially yeah. in the climax of the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. He really Jesus. is like it, it. really is one of those examples of the great villain who doesn't come in until the very end of the film and really oh, God, just yeah. steals the entire show. Yep. So you know. And trust me, seeing as as somebody who did see this in theaters. When you see him yell, hear me, Charles Babbage, and you're like, just with the music and the scenery around him and just how powerful his voice is. Well, that's that's one thing Wynn is very good at is really epic, you know, scope. So, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Studio Wit, even when they're fucking around, like, makes great shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can attest to that. I own both seasons of Sarah for the end. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you Perfect. love Sarah for the end, you know. <laughs> yeah, I Perfect. love the fuck out of that show. <laughs> that show is the definition of a wit train wreck. <laughs> the best like, kind of wit train wreck. The best description of Sarah for the end comes from um, Chad James. In that Sarah for the end is like a secret club. Once you get past the shit and you're allowed in, that's when the magic happens. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. very true, actually. <laughs> and Magic I kind of feel a little two. bit about this movie that, like, once you get it, once you understand why Empire of Corpses is so much fun, it is the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Kind of um, is, yeah. And, and Arbor Sully's performance is one of them. Like, mm-hmm. and then him mixed against Sean Hannigan as M. Who is also, frankly, a villain that comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the weird thing, too. I was like, M is a villain? Like, especially after seeing Skyfall, like, a year ago, and seeing poor oh, Jimmy Dench yeah. get gunned down, and I'm just like, oh, this is... Okay, so we're going this route. Alright. So, sure. Jimmy we'll Dench didn't die for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I too love Skyfall. Seeing Daniel Craig's Bond, like, crying over her corpse, and it's like, here, here, Em is just an asshole. And it's just like, okay, well. It's like, okay, this is good, we're good. Yeah. Okay, but then again, Sean Hannigan M versus Voldemort M. Yeah. <laughs> in which, God, dear Jesus, if I ever have to see Ray Fine's ass on a movie again, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> I've seen the English patient, damn it. Yeah. Ah! Fuck you, college. <laughs> Oh, hooray! Hooray, college! Hooray, beer! Um, <laughs> we need more, but, let's go! But between the two of them, like... 
Oh, Grandpa's streaming I mean, showdown actors, is awesome. So, Absolutely. You know, yeah, so getting to play off of each other is great. I love it mm. when two, like, really mature actors get to play off of each other. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like, when you get, like, Michael McConaughey mixed with, I don't know, uh, Richard Epcar, when they get to play off of each other, it's, like, gold mm. for me. So seeing it in yeah. something like this is awesome. And, I mean, so. considering, considering we kind of had a similar situation happen years ago in Bacchino. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is just phenomenal casting. It's hilarious casting when you know the Bacchino reference, which makes it all the more brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but even, even then, it is it is something that you don't get a really... You also don't get to see this a lot in anime. Right. Where you have two older characters with two phenomenal older actors who get to, like, have this, this discussion with each other and this, like, action and, like, emotion to it. Because mm. a lot of the time, anime does kind of focus around younger characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really So does. you don't get this a lot. So you don't always get the chance to watch older, more mature actors go at it, which sucks. Yeah. And even, even sometimes when you get to hear older actors, I know, um... Lilac knows him as my mm. favorite human being, thanks to Death Parade. Um, <laughs> like the with, times with... in Death Parade where um, Kent Williams gets to go crazy. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, that like, stuff. Kent's a bit of a chameleon, so, you know. Kent like... Williams. Kent, Kent Williams. I still phenomenal. can't believe Kent Williams was fucking Hattori in Fruits Basket. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Kent Williams. L Making Lack. me cry since childhood. Lack, have you seen Death Parade? Um, I saw like the first couple episodes, but I saw it in Japanese. Damn it! So. Okay, because um, go Kent's back and watch the whole thing in English. You need to it's watch fantastic. the whole thing. Okay. It's it's beautiful. Um, basically, Kent Williams's character he plays um this a detective. a detective, um, and he's brought in against Todd's character. I think it is. Um, uh, yeah. Todd Todd Habercorn, I think, is the other character for that one. It's a two part. I think it's like about Episodes halfway nine through the ten? show. Yeah. Huh? Something like that. And it's it's probably one of the more gut wrenching stories I from that whole show. Jeez, and that's saying something for Death Parade. Yeah. Oh yeah, Death like It will kick you in the balls. <laughs> kick you in the emotional field. It's like, oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> but it's just stuff like that, or even like um or like in Alice and Zero who were the main character is a crotchety old man. Oh. John Swayze for the win, everyone. John Swayze, everybody. <laughs> Sexy grandpa. <laughs> and then Sexy obviously we're going to have we're going to have two seasons worth of Oh My Godding coming. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Did you just make a JoJo's reference? No. This isn't the time for a JoJo's reference. It's always oh, time, time for, for a JoJo's, JoJo's reference. reference. Alright, I was making a JoJo's reference. That was our entire last day at Anime oh, Boston. No. For the viewers oh. at home, I have completely lost the thread of the conversation. JoJo's. We're talking about We're talking JoJo's. Grandpa ah, Joestar. okay. All right. Grandpa Joestar. All right. Everyone's favorite grandpa. That's right. You guys had him do a, a, uh, a promo. I forgot about that. Yep. So. Andrew did that. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> but um, are Come we good talking you. about the one and M? I think so yeah. at this point. Yeah, we really got to keep moving. The one and M. I feel like I'm watching The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Who you take the red pill or the blue pill? 
I will take the Russian pill. <laughs> oh, there we go. Perfect segue. And now, and now to talk about the point of the movie where I was disappointed the most. <laughs> oh, of course you were. I literally almost got out of my theater and left because I was so pissed about this part of the movie. Why? Nikolai, I, Nikolai did not deserve to die. To be oh, fair, Nikolai's okay. death was kind of bullshit. I was going to say, he sounded fine. Like... No, no, I loved him, no, but he did it's not the, deserve it's, his it's fate. Fuck you, story. Watson. Yeah. Nikolai anyway. Chris, Nikolai Chris, Chris and Alexei Karamazov. These are uh, it just I can't pronounce. Comrade. Don't even fucking we got the Russian um, comrade. Yeah. Russian comrade. Nikolai. Uh, I can't even do a Russian accent. I will, yeah. I'm just gonna fail. Nikolai, who is the guide, so at the beginning of the movie, essentially M sends uh Watson off to find um Karamazov, who has this the empire I, I i guess what we thought was the empire of corpses at the very beginning surprise it, it's just the british fucking empire yes supposedly <laughs> too um karamazov um has victor's, has notes. victor's notes in which they find out he doesn't uh victor's notes are in japan because why the fuck wouldn't they be um why not fuck you that's why why fuck not um but uh Nikolai is their their Russian guide who uh, Barnaby and Watson and Friday essentially become friends with. And Alexei Karamazov is this Russian um, scientist who is out in the um, who is out in the uh, mountains of Afghanistan who essentially uh, knows where the notes are and inadvertently kills himself and Nikolai to atone for their sins. Um, Karamazov being based off of the Russian brothers Karamazov, um, which is the final novel by uh, uh, Fedor Dostoevsky and um, Nikolai. Nikolai. I want to say, is Nick, I believe Nikolai is the other brother, actually. Um, I'm using Wikipedia and it's not very good. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Nikolai being another uh, character in the um, brothers, the brothers uh, Karamazov. Um, so Nikolai is played by Micah Sulisad, and Alexi is played by Mike McFarlane. In terms of roles for Micah Sulisad, he is also Yuri Plitsetsky in Yuri on Ice, Soul in Soul Eater, and Soon Wan in Yona of the Dawn. Mike McFarlane is everyone's favorite horse. Uh, Jean Kirstein, Attack on Titan. He is Mashiro Oji in My Hero Academia. And he is also Odebeck Alton in Yuri on Ice. Um, hilariously. Because Yuri O and Alton and Odebeck are buddies. Um, I specifically quote also. Unquote. What? Quote. Yeah, they're, uh, buddies, they're buddies. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> um, I did particularly mention um yori p and odebeck because they are both well done after this movie they are both characters with a russian accent that both of them play <laughs> um yori being from russia and odebeck being from kazakhstan um first of all one fuck you movie for killing nikolai the way you did you evil assholes didn't i was they, so mad didn't they give like after the like, fact, Barnaby was like, "Yeah, I guess they were. Uh, they were. They died for, for nothing. Treason. Fuck you, Watson. 
No, they were like, no. Weren't, wasn't the two of them wanted for treason or something against Yeah, Russia? they were wanted for treason and they basically suicide. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what? Like, that little bit is like, that's supposed to explain away why why they died. Why they did it's no. a stupid no stupid excuse. And <laughs> no in the words in the words of uh, Nick Fury, that's a stupid excuse and I'm electing to ignore it. <laughs> exactly. Um uh, but no they were I love Micah as Nikolai. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good. Like um uh, like Mika's really good at usually playing these kind of characters and I like, I mean, as far as, like, the, the training was for the getting the accents right, I think it all came out really well. And I guess he carried a lot of that over for Yuri on Ice. Here's I believe he actually used the same um, coach. Ah. Well, that makes sense. Like, why would they Here, go and get another one? <laughs> here's a funny thing. When I first saw this movie, I wasn't fond of the accent from Micah. Hmm. Funny story. I was like... It just, for some reason, it didn't click and it didn't work for me. Of course, this is obviously before Yuri on Ice came out when I first watched this movie. Um, and obviously later on, it, it kind of clicked and I'm like, okay, now it works a little bit more. Maybe it's partially because the tone of voice he used for Nikolai, I'm not sure. Because when we watched it, I'm like, I still 100% can't feel it? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean... I think this is one of the performances where I have real mixed feelings about compared to the other performances. A, probably because of the accent, but B, maybe because Micah's voice is very um, distinguishable right. among the rest of the cast, and it's like, I don't know how to feel about it attached to this character specifically. I'm like... I'm just very mixed about Micah's performance. I mean, I wasn't fond of him when I first saw the movie, but like, when I got to rewatch, I'm like, okay, I don't outright hate it now, <laughs> but I'm like, eh, mm. I'm still mixed. I mean, because his performance is uh, Yuri and Yuri on Ice is obviously phenomenal because Yuri's a little shit lord, <laughs> and it was and it worked and it worked wonderfully, um, but Nikolai for the most part, is, like, this very upstanding, like, innocent guy who just likes to joke around. I'm like, I don't know. He was, he was best comrade. <laughs> best comrade. Best comrade. Best comrade. I mean, I want to cosplay the shit out of him, too, still. <laughs> I mean, the same can kind of be said about Mike McFarlane as Karamazov to an extent, too. Because, I don't know if you could notice it, I felt like there were moments where he might have slightly started dropping the accent a little bit. Mm. Someone's playing Pokemon. <laughs> no, it, it okay, so my dad, if you couldn't hear the noise in the back, was trying to lure Shinya out, my cat, and he was going and I was just like, dad, open the door and pick the fucking cat up. <laughs> um, so, and then my phone had knocked over, because I moved back to try to get her to jump off the bed so she would stop meowing. She was just laying on my bed, being all cute and chill like a cat does. Um, but yeah, but I, I I feel like I because it was mostly towards um when did I when did I yes it was mostly toward Karamazov's death and that whole bit where like he's just bleeding from like the mouth and shit and like talking to Watson I think like I noticed talk like, it up to the opium damn it basically <laughs> I think it was around there where I started noticing like maybe he dropped the accent a couple points. Like yeah, because he goes through a pretty hardcore monologue right yeah, before his death. He does. Um. Yeah. 
I would say out of the two of them, I find Nikolai to be much stronger and much more endearing. Not out of my own personal like of Solosad, just because I actually enjoyed his performance a lot, and I was super pissed again that he fucking dies. Um, I'm just more mad at the bullshit, re- like bullshit excuse after the fact. Oh, they were the, they were wanted for treason, so they just wanted to die. I'm like, that's well. To no, be fair, Karamazov no. did steal the fucking nodes and hid them in Japan. But it doesn't um, explain Nikolai. Yeah. Well, doesn't Nico- explain I, Nikolai. Yeah, that really doesn't explain Nikolai. But I think Micah's performance as Nikolai is incredibly endearing, especially bouncing off of who plays Barnaby. Mm, um, that's true. The friendship, like, cause. You can tell that he's genuinely a good person, and it comes through in the performance a lot. And it makes, I think that's what helps make Nikolai's death so convincing. And how painful his screaming is, too. Right. Because if you've seen the movie, uh, Nikolai does not get to go very, very nicely. No. To put it, to put it, frankly. (laughs) It is not a fun death. Thanks, Karamazov, you little bastard. Dastard. Um, and I think, too, it's probably one of my favorite sequences in the movie is when, um, Barnaby, Watson, and Friday are actually leaving where Karamazov is. Yep. Um, the whole sequence with Karamazov is honestly one of the best set pieces in the movie. Mm. Um, just in terms of the music and the atmosphere, because it's awfully fucking creepy. Yeah. Um, because you have the village of corpses with child corpses. Um, child corpses and potentially baby corpses. Because I'm pretty sure there was a woman swaddling a little baby. Yeah, yeah, no, child, baby, I'm pretty sure somebody was pregnant. Um, Probably. But I think I agree with Steph where I, I can also see um, Karama, uh, Karamazov's accent slipping a tiny, yeah. tiny bit <laughs> in the um, the monologue where he's going on. Um, also, be I would also like to point out that Karamazov also killed his butler brother and was the yeah. experimental one. Yeah, um, that's true too. But I feel like that Mike and Micah do a great job in tandem with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say they are necessarily the strongest performances in the film. No. Not but I yeah. do think that they are still really good, and I've heard a lot worse with Russian accents before. Yeah, it's fair. Lack, <laughs> um, how do you feel? Uh, I, w- I would say so, too. I mean, again, we don't really stay with them for very long, um, but I-, I would say that they're definitely serviceable as far as, like, uh, the accents go, and, like, you know, they're they're both top-notch actors, so mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're strong enough to be able to, like, get away with it for as long as they needed to for the film. Yeah. So. And I think a lot of it also does rest on them having a very good accent coach as well. Yeah. Because yeah. if I'm correct, she actually um, has been a voice actress herself and did some of the Russian for uh, Helsing Ultimate. Uh, let me see. Russian dialect advisor, Lauren Kahn. Uh, no. Okay. No, hmm. she's done spotting work for your line April, but she's also been cast probably as very, very minor roles in Kill the Kill and Love Live School Idol movie. Oh, oh. so she's California based. Most, yes. Yep, California based, which explains which a lot. Which would make sense for certain actors, who are, uh, for some people who are in this movie. Mm. Um, so are we good to move on? Yeah. Yes. 
Alright, so the next character um, we're going to talk about by himself because he's one of the uh, four main characters. And that is Frederick Barnaby. <laughs> Frederick is... motherfucking Barnaby. <laughs> motherfucking Barnaby. Oh, God. Yay. Uh, Frederick Gustav Barnaby was actually a British intelligence officer. Um, he was actually based off a real person. Oh, nice. Okay. That makes sense. Um, he is based off a, a real <laughs> British army man who, uh... Don't expect him was... to have actually been like what he was in the movie in real life, though. No. So. Yeah, not um... in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not in the slightest. Um, uh, Burnaby's uh, ride to Kiva appears in Joseph Conrad's short story, The Youth. Um, essentially, he is this known for something called the ride to Kiva, um, which is a big thing in British cultural reference. Um... I wish I knew more, but unfortunately, he only died in a—he only died at age 42, so wow. didn't live a long mm. life. Hmm. Um, but Barnaby is essentially the biggest badass in this movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he punches a Frankenstein monster and makes him blow up with a flamethrower. Yeah, he's also a dick too, and a cock block. I didn't realize. He's a cock you know, block for Watson. It's great. This is a great movie if you're a JoJo fan. Honestly. Yeah, really it is. Yeah. Surprise, this is the JoJo's movie you never thought you wanted. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but Frederick Barnaby is played by our writer, J. Michael Tatum. Because of course he is. Because of course he is. Because he is also known as Sebastian in Black Butler, Isaac Dion in Bacchano, and Tenya Ida in My Hero Academia. And I swear to God, I actually had to look up who this was in the movie theater. (laughs) I had no fucking idea. Really? I couldn't tell. I was either that into the movie or just that drunk. Uh, this was a dinner theater too, and um, cause to uh, be fair, this was a dinner and a show movie theater. I'm trying to find it. Um, cause fun fact, uh, Tatum is also in the third Borderlands game. I forget the his character, the name of his character. Um, fuck. Hang on, let me see if I can I'm trying to look it up right now. Actually, I'm like shit. But, Sir um, Hammerlock. Yeah. And that's yeah. what this his performance of Barnaby almost reminds me of instantly. <laughs> is Sir Hamelock from Borderlands. I'm not gonna lie. So much like it. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> cause I cause I've because I've played a little bit of Borderlands before, um, when when um the guy I was dating at that time, he he played a lot of video games and he owned Borderlands. And it was just amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, yes! <laughs> but I loved every second of it. If we're going back to chewing that scenery like a golden ham, here we go. Yeah, well, <laughs> Serve it on the platter, call it a day. <laughs> these are kind of the roles that Jay was born to play, so. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. But yeah, like uh, the the accents, right? The uh, the personalities, right? Uh, everything really fits between Jane and, and Barnaby. Mm, so it does. And he if, is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't, in, if you don't pay attention, basically, like Megan said, because she had to look up who the fuck was voicing Barnaby in the theater. <laughs> if you don't Very pay attention, on my phone, by the way. <laughs> you, if you don't pay attention, you won't notice it's him. <laughs> Which is the funny and the best part, I think. <laughs> he is 
the most fun I think I can remember outside of Isaac of Tatum playing. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Just because Burnaby is such a douchebag. <laughs> he really is. Like, he's kind of this big, huge British asshole. So, and I, the, I best kinda, in, I... the best way to, for you to gauge his character mm-hmm. comes within the first 30 minutes of the movie. Which is his introduction where they're running, they're uh, getting chased down by bomb zombies. Um, and then when he cock blocks him off of Hadley by peeing. No. Where uh, he rocks out with his cock out. Okay. Do you remember, remember when I said earlier about that short, um, little feature that's on the, uh, the DVD Blu-ray? So the other interview, uh, that they had aside from McFarlane and Tatum was for the voice actors for Hadley and Watson. And Hadley, the, the voice actress who voices Hadley, she turns to Watson and she's like, yeah, like, I don't know if you knew about this, but basically, like, Barnaby basically like, stops us from having, like, romantic feelings. And then Watson's like, wow, he's such a dick. <laughs> it was great. It was That's great. I'm like, oh my god. And I, can... I also feel like Barnaby is, like, the most reasonable character in the entire movie. No, just by like virtue of wanting to destroy the goddamn notes. Yes. Everybody's like, I want to keep the notes. I want to use them. Barnaby's and Barnaby's like, like, like nah, fuck, fuck this noise. shit. We're destroying yes. this. Yeah, that's just... absolutely true. Yeah. He's, He's like, did Karamazov not? Karamazov and Nikolai died for this horseshit, Watson. What is wrong with you? He's the most sensible character, even though he's a douche. I was going to be so pissed at the end if he didn't live. Like, I thought he got blown to smithereens and he just walks out like nothing fucking happened. <laughs> God cool guys, don't look at explosions! <laughs> it's true facts. Ooh. Come on now. It's fucking true. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is definitely one of my favorite performances from the movie. It yeah. was hamtastic. He's, he's, a, he's a standout, that's for sure. So. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of things that stand out, Hadley's figure. Um, <laughs> Segway! I'm sorry, boobs don't work like that, wit! Well, she is a robot, so... Remember, kids, Edison designed this to be his daughter! Yep. His magical corpse-controlling daughter! So we let Kill and Kill get away with this, you know. So Hadley Lilith, everyone. Hadley Lilith. Um... Or, or... Probably, Lilith Hadley. Or probably better known by the end of the film, Irene Adler, Adler. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yes, because this is also the world's weirdest Sherlock prequel. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, Sherlock Holmes, sup Chuck Huber, you're in there for five seconds. Five seconds, I, <laughs> that's, that's why it. I didn't want to put it in here. Um, but no, uh, Lilith Hadley is based off of the character of the future Eve by Auguste Villers de Ilis Adam. Which actually does have Thomas Edison in it, right? So Yes. That makes sense. Um, uh, Villers opens his novel with his main character, a fictionalized Thomas Edison. Um, so yeah, good on uh, Project Ito for yeah. um, using a lot of science fiction references. Yeah. For reading more than I have. So, there's, a lot know. Of little, it, there's a lot of little intricacies I never even knew about until you uh, kind of like do just look a little bit of research on it. It's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Plus, every, actually- every good anime movie needs a deliberate waifu. So, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even uh, if speaking her, of even deliberate if it, if it, waifus. <laughs> Can we talk about Akira Mato again? Yes. <laughs> my wife. Megan's wife. My, my, my waifu. <laughs> uh, because Lilith Hadley is played by Morgan Garrett. 
Morgan Garrett has also played characters like Daya Kurosawa in Loveline Sunshine, uh, my waifu Akira Mato in Tokyo Ghoul in Tokyo Ghoul Route A, and Meg Kautaka in Assassination Classroom. Um, to which, this was maybe outside of her character in um, Attack on Titan, actually, um, in Assassination Classroom, and I think Akira had... No, Tokyo Ghoul Route A was done... So I, I was familiar with her, but not, like, super-duper familiar with her mm. by the point of this movie. Yeah, same. Especially because Meg Kalkaka kind of blends into the back, and Love Life hadn't been out yet. Um, to which she's hilarious in Love Life Sunshine. Um, <laughs> so I adored her as Hadley. I think, I think yeah. she... Wonderful. She carries Hadley's character so well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially because um, Hadley's big character story is because she's an automaton she she's trying to find a soul of her own essentially because she wants to be able to have emotions and like cry and feel joy and all this stuff so there's a there's a little side story for hadley throughout the film too and she's like asking watson can you like can you figure out like what makes a soul and when you do can you help me I now know why you cry, but it is something I cannot do. Yeah. I'll be back. Oh no. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Um, to essentially establish the first moments when you see Hadley, uh, Hadley <laughs> comes the fuck out of nowhere in a cart, whips out a flamethrower, yep. and kills a bunch of corpses. And then proceeds Somehow. to just show up while Watson is sitting out by the river. Have a chat with him, try to flirt with him, only to be cock-blocked by, uh, J. Michael Tatum. <laughs> Who's pissing in the river. Pissing in the river. <laughs> so she also saw him rock out with his cock out. Yes. Um, but no, I, I adored Hadley, and I like the fact that she came off as very accentless. Yeah. When she could have easily been given a shitty Southern Belle accent. <laughs> because she was travel- wait, Union Soldier- yeah, I feel like she. But, I feel like she also had twinges of an English accent, though here and there. True. Well, she is supposed to become, you know, Irene Adler, who ironically was not British, and but you know, like <laughs> Rachel McAdams, artistic, artistic lights, yeah, Sherlock Holmes, yeah. I actually like the Robert Downey Jr. movies, but anyway. Uh, you're not alone. A lot of people really do. Yeah. You can have your Cumberbatch versus Junior fight somewhere else. But I, uh, I mean, I like them both too, but I prefer the Sherlock TV show. <laughs> fight! That, that's just me. That's just me. Fight for my amusement now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fuck you. We gotta finish this thing up. We gotta finish this Damn show. it, we've gotta finish, woman. We can't stop now. This is corpse country. Um, <laughs> we gotta keep going. But I, I also find it very... Uh, I, I, again, I had shared of her performance. Um, and I feel like none of her emotional moments were really forced. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I agree Especially because she was supposed to come off as a being with no emotions. But it wasn't like wooden, like, I wish to have a soul. No. Well, she spoke like a real person. Right. Because the whole thing is, we don't even know she's an automaton until, like, the latter half of the film anyway. And she also gets that moment in the climax where... 
where the one tries to make her his actual waifu. Yup. <laughs> That's right, because um, he puts in the soul of um of the, the bride the Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, which is that's right, boys. When We're I in every science fiction poll we can. When I well, the thing is, is like when I first read Frankenstein, I didn't expect the bride to be as big of a plot point as she actually was. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's actually it's a good on the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, Hadley, um, she not only seemed very human, she also had this sense of like curiosity to her voice. Yeah. Because remember, she's all uh, she's going to Watson like, "Hey, what what do you what what is your theory about this soul thing?" Like, she has that bit of curiosity mixed into her, so it's one of those things where it's like, she has emotion to her, but she just doesn't realize it to begin with. She thinks she doesn't have it, and then it's at the like end, the and then at the end, Watson she had the heart the whole time. Yeah, and then at the end, Watson's like, "You you have a soul." There. You just didn't know it the entire time. Like, I can tell you do, even the, just... And it's like an aww. So and the all one piece and all of a friendship. Sudden, they're, they're about to kiss, and all of a sudden, Barnaby is like, chokehold on Watson, and are like, here we go again. Welcome back to Barnaby's <laughs> cock-blocking skills. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, back. obviously, she, she follows um, Watson in secret as Irene Adler. Yeah. Um, right. Which brings up its own questions of... How the fuck this is the world's weirdest Sherlock prequel? Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I think we're good to move on to our final two characters. Um, John Watson. Who, if I need to explain who the fuck John Watson is to you, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the yeah. Fuck. Um, and what kind, what kind of fat girl are you? No. Uh. <laughs> Buck whack whack. Um, but Doctor, obviously. John Watson being based off of Dr. John Watson from the Sherlock Holmes stories. And Friday is based off of uh, Robinson Crusoe, the normal savage. And James Bond, kind of? I don't understand how that fit in, but... Because, Who knows at this point? Well, his full, his full title is Noble Savage 007. Yep. So I'm okay. just like... So he's supposed to be James Bond, but with M dead by the end, it doesn't even matter. So... No, no, no. You want to know who Friday is? Yeah. Motherfucking pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Friday. The reason why we're putting Friday and John Watson together is this. It's just the movie. Does. Friday, <laughs> Friday, for actual human dialogue, has maybe about a paragraph's worth. Yeah. The rest can be described not as screaming. But a screeching, very loudly, like a pterodactyl. That's a great quote from from the voice actor who played him when he was playing another character. Uh, I, I can't remember what it was, but he basically is like, I taste blood. So. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so to go over who plays this, we'll start with Friday. Todd, Friday is played by his lord and master, Todd fucking Habercorn. <laughs> And John Watson and our narrator. Hashtag Hot Haber Friday. Sorry. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> this is going up on a Friday, too, which makes it better. Woo! Right? Uh... <laughs> Done! Good job, Black! Good Thank job, you. everybody. And our uh, John Watson is played by Jason Lebrecht. Um, Jason Lebrecht's roles include Train and Black Cat. Yato in Noragami and Shaoran in Subasa Reservoir Chronicles. 
Todd Habercorn should basically need no introduction at this point, but in case you don't know him, he is Fiero Percinezo in Bacchano, Haruka Nanase in Free and Free Eternal Summer, and Ling in FMA Brotherhood. Um, if you haven't watched the Dubbies Award, because they're almost three hours long, mm-hmm. um, you will know that I gave Todd Habercorn the award for the Golden Ham for screeching like a pterodactyl for two hours. <laughs> My description of the process goes as follows. I'd like to imagine that Mike McFarlane gave Todd Habercorn a bunch of quaaludes and stuck him in a booth and said, have at it, bitch. You can't lock a pterodactyl in a booth. They're too smart. Okay. Uh, you could cure cancer. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> and you and know it, what I'm referencing. And here's a little bit of irony, too, if we're talking about dubbies in terms of Jason Leprecht. Um, oh, good God, Jason Lebrecht, you poor <laughs> bastard. <laughs> um, Jason Lebrecht got the short end of the stick last year. Uh, so... <laughs> Jason, okay, to preference, somehow on this podcast, whenever we talk about Jason Lebrecht, somebody in the group shits on him. <laughs> Why? This may be the one night we aren't. And usually nine times out of ten, it's Gigi. <laughs> I think, I, I think we're going to break the curse here, but... Dude. Hallelujah! No, no, but I guess I at least have to say this, because the W Awards, what I did... Um, I'm a terrible human being. I put a worse... I gave him a worse performance award because Black Butler Book of Murder is a thing that existed that year. I'm and sorry, Jason. Finian. You're a perfectly fine actor, but we, we, we love you, Jason, Poor but Finian, what the fuck? At least with this one... This is a phenomenal accent. I have no problems with this performance. Oh, I love this performance. Done. He is absolutely like hundred and twenty percent like committed to the role, and it's mm. it's really great. And he playing the main character, he really stands out. Not honestly. only that, but he had also distinguishing voices, not just from Watson himself, but the narrator too. Yeah. Because the narrator obviously is an older version of Watson, recounting all the stuff going on. And you can... After God knows what the fuck Watson did to himself. I, that part I have an issue with. I don't know what the fuck happened. Same thing with Friday. Like, how the fuck did that happen? The power of gay science. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, okay, look. Let's just get this out of the way. Nobody's that committed to a human being without wanting to fuck it at the end. Well... Unless you're asexual. It, it, is, the, it is the 1800s. So... Bro- bromance was a little bit more like extravagant <laughs> back then. So. Is that a, is that like the code word for gay? Or? Well, it's <laughs> if you look at a lot of the letters men would write each other during the time, you could easily True. like say it like, "Oh, these guys were clearly gay," but that's just how it was back then. And honestly, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Very true. Just, just, yeah, I know. But yeah, but again, well, this that is boy anime, is committed so, to his yeah. buddy. But but yeah, like. I know, I know for some stupid reason we've shit on Jason Lebrecht out of nowhere. And this is one times. of the times that we can't. This is one of the times where we cannot because it is a beautiful performance. It, it reminded me a lot of early John Bergmeier. Actually, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I can see it. Yeah. But and the way that, yeah, like, like Bergmeier would always have this kind of, you know, very light, very, you know, mm. youthful kind of sound to him. So yeah, because he had to obviously bring that in for um, uh, at least for Watson for the majority of the film. And again, like I was saying, there's a separate distinguishing voice when you're going into the narrator side of it, where he's obviously a bit more older. He's just 
telling this story about how the for how the first thing I need is a corpse. I'm the like, the first okay. thing I need is a corpse. It's a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The narration, like that, was that is great. such a chilling way to begin the movie. Yeah, yeah. that well, sold me instantly. I was intrigued. The first line. Yeah. Well, I remember the first time I watched the trailer for Empire of Corpses, and I was like. I need to find out what this is. Because, <laughs> like, like, this is, is this? so cool. Like, no, and I think it speaks to how well the performance is. Mm. If everybody, including myself, when you watch something like that and you hear a voice like that and you're just like, okay, I need to see this movie to see what the fuck's going on. Yeah. yeah. That's just a sign of how well Lebrecht does. It's yeah, kind he's... of a shame this film didn't really take off. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, may- maybe it'll get a resurgence later on, but it does. It really does feel like it kind of was put on the back burner, and it deserves so much more than that. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm just like, I just loved it because he really carried the movie through. Yeah. Like he, he, from start to finish, he just made it his own thing, and it was phenomenal. Now, we should probably talk about the pterodactyl in the room. <laughs> He was fine. He was fine. He was fine for like making screeching noises for about what two hours? <laughs> two hours. Of you you try to play a character like Friday. I so. mean, it's yeah. I feel bad for both dudes who play Friday and both the Japanese and the English. Yeah. They're yeah. both pretty well-known actors. I, I mean, mean, um, to be fair, giving Todd some credit here. It would probably be a big strain on the voice. Oh yeah. After especially after several takes of doing maybe the same thing over and over again. Of course, playing Natsu for so long, you would think he'd be able to, you know. No, be fine yeah. With Please it. don't bring up Natsu. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. Natsu gives me. Natsu gives me moments. <laughs> no, I don't know I... what that means. Anyway, Natsu uh... makes me want to drink. <laughs> But, like, going and, like, really talking about, like, actually talking about Todd is Friday. Um, definitely, it's a very, he probably has the most difficult role out of anyone in the movie because he's mostly screeching for, like, two hours. Yeah. So, not only is it a strain on the voice, it's, like, getting the emotion across with, like, feeling pain, feeling, like, anger all these kinds of emotions at the same time, making sure they come across properly. And then the dialogue he does manage to get, we actually get Todd doing two accents. Yeah. We have Todd, the English Todd has accent actually opposite. never had a bad English accent. Because yeah. we've heard him do it before. He's actually pretty good at English accents. Yeah, honestly. So, so he has the English accent. Kevin the one four. if I had as much... <laughs> Brightest Dio! Or whatever the line and then, is. Yeah. And then, because Todd also had to do a twinge of the Russian accent too, because when the one is recreating. That's right! I creating about the that. Bride yeah. of Frankenstein, he's also transferring himself into Friday. So we get to hear Todd do a little bit of enough, a different accent, like a Russian accent of some kind on that little bit. Yeah. So Todd had, like, probably the most difficult role to play in this film and taking all of that into account i thought it was amazing yeah <laughs> like i'm like todd i'm done <laughs> i'm like you win you and win a, and a big sh- and a big shout out also too to friday say you um ayumu murase mm. uh who a lot of people would know is um hinata from haikyuu 
Yeah. Um, for screeching his probably his poor little heart out too, because he's a tiny little kid. He's a tiny human. Um, him and Todd. That's one other thing. Todd is also very tiny. Um, he actually is, yeah. Like in height, not not in like swollenness. The man is muscular. Um, I think he's probably at least a little bit taller than I am, and I'm like five foot five. Yeah, I'm right. five like six. So I tower over. Um, Got it. You probably you probably like tower over. You're probably like Gigi's height. Yeah. Gigi's really fucking tall. Gigi is tall. <laughs> Gigi is taller than the two of us. Mm-hmm. Like we could, we could only be taller than her if we pulled Muppet Man. <laughs> I feel I think she th- th- does she push like six foot I think. Yeah, she pushes almost six foot. Yeah. But, but uh, honestly, and I actually find it really funny that now looking at it online that. Um, McFarlane actually went a different route with the narrator in Jap- than the Japanese did. What did yeah. the Japanese um, do? Japanese, the narrator and Watson are played by two different people. Um, he probably didn't want to have to pay another actor. <laughs> well, Lebrecht, you can do two. You can do a distinct two distinct accents. I'm about, right? yeah. about to say like in this in this situation, Jason's more than capable of doing yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see a need for them to go with two different people in this case. Yeah, no, that's just just that it's that's, it's a little different from Ben Diskin to Richard Epcar. So right, you know. yeah, right. It's not like a huge age gap where it's yeah. like I don't know. Which I can't wait to get that on Blu-ray. Pre-order. <laughs> Pre-order. Do it now, children. Though by the time this is kind of come out, I believe it'll be out on. <laughs> or I think it comes out later this later in the month, actually. No, I think it comes out June twenty second, but I could be wrong. Um, anyway, no, it's July. So it comes on July. I'm dumb. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, overall feelings on this movie and this dub. This is a fun fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> like in an even more fun dub. You, you, you feel fun. you feel smart while you're watching it though. You do. So. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm an intellectual. Yeah. I watch Empire of Corpses. It's 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 one of those really <laughs> it, it's one of those seri- movies that shouldn't work but it does. Yeah, so, honestly, yeah. yeah. And the dub is for it is very very solid. I know personally I have just a few small problems here and there, mostly for the two big Russian characters we see in the movie. Um, Nikolai and Karamazov, but everything else is so much fun. And like taking into consideration some of the actors we've had issues with in the past, some of the actors who had are having difficult sit, uh, situations in in their roles, fucking pterodactyl noises for two hours for God's sake. <laughs> like taking everything in consideration, you can tell that a lot of hard work went into this, and. It's a very solid dub for a rather fun and probably slightly underrated film. Yeah, I'm glad I bought it. So, yeah, same, yeah. same. Oh yeah, I day one bought this when it came out on Blu-ray and DVD. I think Megan was like, "You need to get Empire Corpses. You need to get Empire Corpses." Eventually, I bought it. Oh yeah, I would it. not shut the fuck up. You about would this not movie. shut up. She was like, "I know, Megan. I know. Be, I'll get being, it eventually." Being a geek who loves like Sherlock Holmes and James Bond yeah. and even Frankenstein, I'm just like, oh. Well, there you go. That's perfect for me. Yeah, so, same. You know. Same thing with me, because I love me my mystery and my horror stuff, too. Yeah. So, it's it's, so, it's such... The movie itself has a bunch of fun little intricacies and goodies in it that if you are familiar with, like, science fiction and mystery and all that kind of stuff, you'll know and you'll appreciate it. And then, for... Also, robot ladies with big boobs and a flamethrower. Yes. 
So. And then. <laughs> hey. And then like. Hey, someone's into that shit. And then again, at the same time, in terms of the English dub, there are Party. fun little things. Sorry. <laughs> in terms of dub, there are also fun little things that. I mean, I don't know if they were done on purpose, because, I mean, again, going back to the Sean Hannigan or Bruce Elliott situation and Bacchino, <laughs> that's the funniest shit ever. I didn't even realize it until Megan brought it's like it up. It's one of my favorite coincidental casting of all time. Yeah, and then um, you have, for example, also, like, Jason Lebrecht, who the last time we heard him do anything with a British accent was Black Butler's Finian. And everyone I know wanted to die. Yeah, everyone, everyone's not the biggest fan of Finian. But then it turns out a f- absolutely phenomenal performance here. I think the dub is very, very solid. The movie itself is a lot of fun. And you should go and you should at least try and see if you can see it once, at the very least, yeah. just to say you did. Um, yeah. But if you really, really like it and enjoy it like we do, Go and buy it. Go and buy it. Yeah, it's it's like twenty bucks. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It is it is a well worth your your ass being dragged to see this movie at once yeah. because yes. it is some of the most fun you'll have in two hours. But the dub is so solid and so entertaining, and I think endears the film more to me yep. than watching it in the Japanese would have. Um, I feel like this is something when I left the theater, I loved every second of it. I needed to see it again. She, again, but she, I didn't again, get she the wouldn't, chance to. Again, she wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't shut the fuck up for like three months about no, this fucking thing. No, she wouldn't. Um, but I feel like Mike and his team and all the actors who worked on this and the accent coaches put a lot of heart and soul mm-hmm. into this movie and made it made it one of the reasons I enjoy it so much. Yeah. Um. This is a movie I, when everyone's like, show me one of your favorite anime movies, I whip this out first. Like, mostly because I don't actually own my favorite anime movie. Because it cost me an arm and a leg to get a fucking hold of. Yeah, um, exactly. Thanks. Thank you for nobody for re-releasing Millennium Actresses, Actress, you fucks. Um, really? But, Mine didn't cost that much at all. I haven't found it. I haven't found a decent cheap copy yet. Um, and fuck you for having it. Um, but I this is a movie that everyone deserves to see it once just to have fun. This is the fun Project Ito movie, as we've liked to come to call it. Yes. Um, I mean, there's there's zombies, there's cart chases, there's war, there's crazy Russian opium experiments. There's, there there's... is a man screeching like a pterodactyl in Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know what the fuck you want in a movie. Yeah. But if you want, like, deep, fun action, as well as amazingly put together sci-fi, you cannot go wrong with this movie and this dub. Yeah, exactly. Alright, so, I think it's time to hit the time machine and come back to the current age. Goodbye, British Empire. I guess we'll remember you fondly. Is that what they said during Brexit? We're not gonna talk about that. Cheerio, Empire. We're leaving now. So, so for the folks at home, where can they find Empire Corpses, Megan? You can find Empire Corpses out on your shelves in both DVD and Blu-ray format. I would suggest you can probably get it on Amazon, Bright Stuff, your local Best Buy. Unfortunately, is not streaming anywhere like a lot of anime films tend to not be. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I bought mine at Best Buy. Uh, but, uh, alright guys, time to whore yourselves out. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at LikeTheWatcher. 
that's basically about it. Um, I have my YouTube page, uh, like the Watcher, Liam AC. It's, haven't really been doing much with it, but if you want to keep up with me, Twitter is the best way to go. Uh, I'm on. Uh, that's that's really about it. That's like, really it. Yeah, I'm working on like my my portfolio, and now that I finished college and stuff like that, and Yay. like. <gasps> Yay! Um, I forgot you graduated. Congratulations. Yeah, thank Jeez. you. And I'm scripting something that may become something later on, but I'm like trying to keep that because it's probably gonna be a while. So. Yeah. Does that mean I'm next? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I am Stephanie, or some people know me as Lilac. Um, and I used to do anime reviews a long time ago. That's where the <laughs> nickname came from. But anyway, uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Lilac Anime Review, with review being spelled R E V U E. At this point, really, my main project that I do anything in for anymore uh, really I is it's just the uh, <laughs> just the podcast in general. Um, whether that may be a lot of editing, uh, a lot of discussions, a lot of wrangling this group of goobers on a daily basis. <laughs> Because, dear sweet baby Jesus, sometimes I don't know what to do with you guys. Um, but yeah, um, Twitter is probably the best way to um, follow me and keep up with stuff I do on a daily basis. So. And my name is Megan. You can follow me at QueenArrow2 on Twitter, um, where I mostly shitpost and make bad threads and bad jokes. Um, but if you want to follow this lovely little podcast and you're on our YouTube page, you can obviously subscribe and turn on the little bell to get um, updates whenever we uh, post a video, usually every Wednesday, and obviously for Summer at the Movies every Friday. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a schedule up on, again, our uh, spring update video. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Podcast, Tumblr, Instagram, social media, um, and you can find us hitting cons up, some cons up over the summer. Yep. Um, I know... Steph and I are going to both be at Anime Fest. I'm also going to be at Metro... Oh, I just bit myself. Oh, Owie. Dumbass, Megan. Um, I'll also be at MetroCon. But, um... I, 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 I think um, we tossed around the, the possibility of going to um, Anime in November, too, I think. but Possibly. Possibly. not drag me to Disney World. Not confirmed. <laughs> not confirmed, but a possibility. Just Roots is confirmed, because he worked at <laughs> Roots is confirmed. Uh, He's stacked there. There. <laughs> Uh, but I want to thank you guys for doing our first Summer at the Movies episode. Mm -hmm. I hope you really enjoy this whole big project that we did. We have a lot of other uh, groups and duos mm -hmm. getting to strut their stuff. Yep. Uh, but I think our little triad of zombies and British empiring went great. So, yeah, so everybody say goodnight. So yeah, no, 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 no. uh, make sure you come back next week because Amon and Steve's are going to be talking about another Project Ito film uh, that has been released. They're going to be talking about Harmony. Uh, so make sure you come back here next Friday so you can catch that from the two of them. Uh, and see anything else we're coming up with for Summer at the Movies because it's a very fun lineup for our first Summer at the Movies. And hopefully, and if you guys like it, let us know because um, there are We'll I'll, find more movies. I'll say, there are obviously plenty more movies for these, besides from the ones we're going to be talking about. So, maybe we can make it a yearly thing? I don't know, but that's up to you guys if you enjoy it. So yeah, let us know. Alright. Alright, and now with that, we wish you all good night. Good, good day to you, fellow, fellow, uh, I don't know. What am I thinking? <laughs>
Later. Uh, I'm brain dead. Goodbye. I'm brain dead. Good I'm night. a zombie now. Here we go. Here we go. Brain. All we want to do is eat your brain. <laughs> We're not unreasonable. I mean, no one's going to eat your eyes. <laughs> oh, good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs> and otaku on, my friends.